Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Hour two on Inside the Clubhouse coming at you. Alongside Bruce Levine, I'm Mike Esposito filling in for David this week. And glad to be here. And Bruce, uh, time for us to head on out to the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book for some fun baseball discussion. Absolutely. We bring in our good friend Ryan Dempster to talk some baseball. Ryan doing so much with MLB and with the Marquee Network and just about uh, anything that he wants to do out there. Demp, great to have you on this morning. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing great, thanks. Yeah, uh, I want. Let's start with the your your Chicago Cubs and uh, the way they've been playing baseball uh, the last few weeks here. What is, in your opinion, the major reason for the turnaround uh, on the, the way that they've been playing? Um, I mean, I think you know a major reason. I think just growth. You have development of some younger players that have come up. Um, and get an opportunity to just have a little bit of experience and get a little bit better. Um, you know, pitching pitching has been better. Starting pitching has been a little bit better. Uh, you know, when when Miley and and Stroman and Smiley all went down, then you you have guys thrown into to the fire a little bit and have to kind of navigate through that. But they've been pitching better, and and I think you know that's where that's kind of where it all starts. But then just the growth of the young players that have come up as well. Ryan, and, and certainly we saw that last night. We've seen it really all season uh, with few exceptions. But Keegan Thompson, certainly in my mind, one of the, if not the main bright spots for the Cubs in, in the first half. And it's really nice after after what we saw. You know, he got his feet wet last year to see him establish himself this year. Yeah, I mean, he just did a tremendous job again last night. And, you know, he had that the kind of hiccup during the year uh, early, you know, earlier a month ago or so when he had back-to-back starts against the Orioles in Baltimore and then at Yankee Stadium. And other than that, you know, he's been really, really good. He's been, he was tremendous out of the bullpen. He gave them an opportunity to manage his innings a little bit, um, you know, with the short and spring training and kind of build him up and to the point where you put him in the starting rotation. And uh, you just love his mentality. He's a bulldog out there. He goes right after guys. He finds out where his fastball sits, does does it play right away? Can they hit it? If not, I'll keep throwing it and then can kind of expand off that. And as he continues to just get better and better and develop, um, I said it last night, I think this guy's a potential all-star in the making. And 
Um, he's got A-plus stuff, and his other pitches need to come along, but that, that'll take some time. And he's going to have some bumps and bruises along the way, too. He's going to have some, some tough outings, but um, you just love what you've seen out of him. And if you're the Chicago Cubs and, you know, David Ross and Tommy Hottavy and everybody, this is, this is what you dream of, getting a guy with a, a good young arm like that who has that bulldog-type mentality and put him in your rotation and find out what you get. And right now you're getting some pretty, pretty elite stuff when he's in there. The strange, strange case of National League All-Star starter catcher Wilson Contreras and the Chicago Cubs. Uh, watching uh, Contreras dump, what, what is your perspective of a guy that uh, has handled this year so beautifully as far as on the field, you know, hitting the ball hard, catching great games, off the field, talking uh, at nauseam to anybody that wants to talk to him about his free agency, how he wants to stay with the Chicago Cubs, how it's a great organization. He's been here for 14 years, how the fact that um, uh, he's, uh, you know, arguably the, the best catcher in the National League. And for some reason, uh, there seems to be a hesitation to getting a deal done between the two sides, and he may be traded here within the next two weeks. Yeah, I, I think he's done an incredible job of it all. It's not easy to go through when you're going through these things. Um, he's been a part of the organization for 14 years now. And, um, you know, what he's done on the field has been tremendous. But you're right, how he's handled it all off the field. I thought what he said to Taylor McGregor last night when he was asked, you know, what he's most proud of this year. And he said that I'm the same person every day. And he, and he really is. He comes in and he just goes about his business. He's had growth as a human being and as a young player. Um, over the past few years, um, to be a guy that was a young guy to come up into a veteran, you know, laden team in 2016 and be a part of all that, and then to you know be the guy who's the veteran now, and um, he's handled it all really well, and, and and I think it just shows, you know, unfortunately baseball and professional sports in general, there's there's a huge business aspect to them all now. They're, the times where it's like, yeah, you know, okay, it's baseball, but there's a little bit of business as well. It's not so much anymore. It, it is. There's a lot of things that go into it, and um, teams treat things differently um, than they used to, and, and that's just how it is across the board. And um, You know, hopefully they'll figure out a way to, to make it work, and if they don't, you know, he'll end up somewhere where um, somebody will be really happy to have that type of quality player, and, and not only that, a human that's, you know, um, a quality type person as well, so... Whatever happens for Wilson, I wish him the best. I hope it's here, but I'm just I'm happy he gets to start the All Star game, and hopefully his brother uh, Willem is, jo- is joining him as well. Having been a big league pitcher of quality dump like you were, and knowing differences that catchers make for you or they don't, uh, can can you tell us, you know, be, behind the, you know the scenes, why you hear people whisper, well? He's so much better than he was at calling games. He's so much better with his setup. He's so much better at blocking balls. He throws better than anybody. But uh, we still have some questions about whether he is the guy that we want behind the plate developing our young pitchers. Is, is he the guy? I, I, I scratch my head you know, uh, with that one, and I, I don't know it. So I turn to you, a guy who is a big league pitcher, to uh, give us a little bit more insight as to what that all might mean 
Yeah, well, I think, you know, when guys first come into the league, even myself as a, as a pitcher, you know, you're, you're the young wild horse that <laughs> needs to be reined in a little bit. But at the same time, you also enjoy that energy and, and watching that energy of that young player. So you don't want to, like, do too much to rein it in. And early on, you know, when Wilson came up, it was, you know, a ton of ability, a ton of, you know, uh, the ability to throw guys out when they're stealing bases and the energy that he could play. I mean, he could, he could feel the bu- a swinging bunt that was halfway up the third baseline and turn around and throw the guy out at first. And he had all these different tools and it was exciting, but sometimes, you know, controlling himself behind the plate with whether that's with an umpire or whether that's, you know, uh, calm enough so that your pitcher feels calm when they're on the mound. These things all just take a little bit of time. We all want things to be perfect when guys come in, but they're not. And it took growth and it took development. And he gets to that point where, A, he's, you know, still the same guy as when it comes to throwing out, you know, but develops as a pitch blocker, develops as a pitch, you know, how to frame pitches and how to bring balls and present them as strikes, how to call games. You know, he's learning a, a league and hitters and who chases what and how guys go about their approach when they're at bats. All of these things as you develop and you age and get experience get better. And I think he's got better and better at those things from when he first came into the league to now and whether or not a lot of those quote-unquote labels or things that people might have seen as, you know, things you need to be better at. Well, guess what? He got better at them. And, and um, you know, and he's fresh and he's had the ability to get some rest because of, uh, the DH and a lot of these things that he's just he's just evolved and become better and better and I know that you know he's also aged so people go oh well he's getting older you know but yeah he's still got those good fresh young legs and he looks as energetic as ever back there and I think he's just done a tremendous job and um, like I said I, I hope it's here but if he ends up somewhere else somebody's going to get a really really um, stud major league catcher. Ryan Dempster, our guest here on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. And, and Ryan, next weekend, All-Star Weekend, I wanted to, to ask you about that. You're a guy who experienced that as a player. And, and what, you know, what will Wilson Contreras, what will Tim Anderson, what will all the other Chicago All-Stars that, uh, that might make it, and the other guys, what is that experience like as a player? You go in there, you're obviously uh, excited about it, certainly. But, but how does that all work? You, you, you go in there, especially as a first-timer, how, how would you go in there and, and explain that to, to people who've never gotten to experience that? Uh, it's blurry. It's very blurry <laughs> and fast. You know, it, it's exciting. Um, you know, it, it's a proud moment because you, you are, especially these guys, you get voted in, man. You're, you're the starter of the All-Star game. Um, but, like, you go there, you know, you get there on Sunday night after that game, and, and then you go from there to – your family comes in and friends are coming in, whatever it is, your agents and it's busy. It's just, and then you're to the ballpark on Monday for the home run derby and the parade, all these different things that happen. It's just, it's one after another. And you don't really have a lot of time to process it all in the moment. Cause you're just going through it all. And it's go to the room and sign all the autograph memorabilia that you need to take care of all the balls for all the guys and bats and hats and jerseys and, you know, get your shiny new spikes from whoever you're, you know, you wear cleats with and you're, your new swag that you're going to, your drip that you're going to wear for your, for your appearance out on the home run derby and the batting practice. And um, it, it, it's awesome. It, it is like literally like you're, um, you're kind of almost at like a really awesome or a really, uh, you know, intense concert for two days. Uh, it's just fast. It's furious. Uh, you don't have a lot of time to sleep. 
Um, and you just hope that you get in there and you get a chance to get an opportunity in the all-star game to make an impact and um, do something special, hit a home run if you're a position player, strike the side out if you're a pitcher, um, do those kind of things, help your team win and, and get to compete against the best players in the game. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's over and you're back to where you're supposed to be for your first game after the all-star break. So there's not a lot of time to, to kind of reflect. I, I feel like when I went through it, I did the reflecting kind of after the season, like, whoa, that was pretty cool because – when it's all going on, it is it is fast and furious. It is very blurry. Demp, uh, how are you on rules? How do you like the man on second base when they started it? How do you like it now? How do you like the idea that they're going to change uh, defensive shifts so that people are going to stay on one side or the other? How are you on the pitch clock that's coming next year? Um, Rule-wise, I'm not a super big fan of the runner on second base. Like, I get it from from why they want to do it i just i just don't really see the the need for it you know um it definitely is cutting down those super long extra inning games for sure um but there's other ways you can do that too. approach when you're hitting yada 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 but you know it is what it is it's i don't know if it's going anywhere anytime soon um the one i love bruce the pitch clock i love I was a guy who worked quick, so I, that would have never been an issue to me. It wouldn't have been something like, come on, you know, I don't want this thing to them. I love it. I, I tell you, I went down to uh, to Charleston. Um, my wife and I were down, and we went to a Charleston River Dogs opening night. They were actually playing uh, Myrtle Beach. And they between the pitch clock and the hitter staying in the box, it just felt like there was constant flow, constant action in the game. There was no lulls. There was no – guys circling behind around the plate forever it was get the ball get on the on the rubber and throw pitches and there was a lot of really good flow to it and you know i feel like the games come to this like slow down we have to collect our mental thoughts before every single pitch the hitter getting out of the box and fixing his batting gloves in a 3-0 count with nobody on base like it's just slowed down too much so i just i love the idea of kind of conditioning these guys at the minor league level so that when they come up to the big league level and they get in there, it's here we go. And uh, I, I would think that a lot of pitchers feel the same way. I think probably if anybody has a problem with it, it'll probably be the, the hitters because they like to kind of step out when they have to. But the, the flow of it all, moving the game along, it's great. Well, Dempin, I almost feel like that's, I don't want to say coming for sure, but I, I mean, they certainly seem to be encouraged by the exact results that you just described that shaves about 20 minutes off of your average game time. So if you picture an MLB game going from three hours to instead of three hours, 240, and I know people would love that. But not only that, I think the more important part is the flow of the game, right? The connectivity you feel to the game. You're not you're not sitting waiting, you know, as you said, but somebody adjusts his batting gloves. I, I, I would love to see that in the big leagues. I, I think it's coming. I, I hope so. Yeah, well, and you, you're right. Like, listen, I love baseball. If you love baseball, what's the hurry to get it over with? I don't. I'm not sitting yeah. there saying, "Oh, we right. got it." I understand what you're saying. We love it's. The, uh, so I love baseball. So let's play baseball. I don't love sitting there for 35 minutes while no balls are put in play because all it is is walk strikeouts. Like, I want some. I want some action, and and it promotes action. It promotes guys swinging the bat. It promotes guys pitching with some consistency and flow and so guess what happens they get in rhythms and they're throwing more strikes and they're throwing the ball you know where they want to throw it It just promotes a lot of really good things and and it keeps people engaged into the game where all of a sudden you know they don't feel like you know like there's times where you can get up go get a beer and a hot dog come back 
and and sit down in your seat and nothing's changed not nothing's happened nobody's got on base and and so i think it promotes a lot of good things like you said and i i think it's a really great thing they're doing it ryan dempster our guest on inside the clubhouse he's mike i'm bruce we're here for you every week 52 weeks out of the year talking baseball and inside the clubhouse and the score and ryan my question to you is this you see bigger stronger Outstanding looking athletes, no doubt that they're, they're, they're great uh, athletes, they're strong, they look fantastic walking around. Uh, are, are baseball players training for the wrong sports? And I mean by that, with all the soft tissue injuries, is it obvious to somebody that looks at sports, that has played sports like yourself for your whole life, that guys are too lean, that they're tra- that their muscle, that they're they're doing too much weightlifting in wrong areas that the, the continued injuries are all about training for the wrong sport, not baseball. Um, I, I don't, yeah, that's hard to know. I, I think, yeah, like I, I get what you're saying, Bruce, and I, I do understand a little bit. And I think sometimes that can be a little bit of the case. I think when you combine the training with the way that hitting and pitching is taught nowadays, Mm-hmm. is explosive be explosive as you can right drive line take a baseball we don't care if you throw it for a strike let's see how hard we can throw it like like let's throw it as hard as we can let's post a video of you throwing 98 miles an hour even though it hit the upper right hand part of the of the batting tunnel you know like that's what it's all about it's <laughs> about that kind of explosiveness how how much can you coil as a hitter, get that coil and then explode so that you can drive the ball and get some slug percentage and um, get paid for that. So when you have that, you're bound to have, you know, soft tissue injuries. You're bound to have pulled muscles because you're you're playing that way. You're not playing with fluidity. The days of the, you know, the delivery, like, you know, why has Max Scherzer been able, for the most part, until this year, stay healthy all the time? Look at the flow of his delivery. Sure, he's got a different arm action than most people, but He's got a lot of flow in his delivery that keeps him healthy. The, mm-hmm. the kinetic energy that he's sending towards home plate is, is that instead of being very static and then explode, it's, it's right. almost like building up the energy the whole time. So, yeah, I, I think that's a big reason why we see those injuries. We train for it. We, we teach that way um, to throw, to hit now, and it's just a recipe for guys constantly um, pulling muscles or, or tweaking something. Nothing is more aggravating to me than not being able to watch all these great players play and when they get hurt. And, and uh, I just, Tempa, I just think that uh, when you look at these guys and, and, and you, re- you realize what you said, you, you added some, some real deep thought in, and process to this. Um, you know, what's wrong with just training the way baseball players used to train? And that is run, run, and run some more. Uh, do some light weight work for your wrist, your your forearms. Uh, you know, you know, stay strong, but but you know, have a little fat on your body and be able to stay and play uh, season. It's just obviously. Well, you know, not only not only that, Bruce, but are you with me? Yep, we got you. Yeah. Ryan. Not not only that, wh- where's the time off? You know, like I'm talking, right, I'm not talking right. about, and not just not just at the big league level. These kids 
okay, and I say kids because I'm older now and I can say that, but this generation that is now playing has a generation that grew up playing 8U travel, 9U travel, 10U travel, 11U travel, 12U travel, 13U travel. These kids never – when have they ever put down their baseball gloves to take a break and just do something else for a little bit? It's like they got to play their fall ball, and then they got to have their training sessions, and they got to – now they go into professional baseball. They've had way more mileage on their bodies, on their arms, on their legs than most of anybody that I ever played with. When the season ended, you know, for me, most of the time in you know October first, I was done. You know, I had the chance to be in the playoffs a few times. I didn't pick my glove back up until Christmas time, you know, to play catch, and that was. Then I didn't even get on the mound until a couple weeks before spring training, and then. Then I went to spring training and I just eased into it. Now you show up to spring training and you go to the pitch lab and you got to throw 95 miles an hour on your first bullpen session and figure out how the shape of your breaking ball is going. There's a lot of things that just kind of lead to all this. And it's like they don't get the break that they used to this generation. They just haven't since they were little kids. And I think so when you put those mileage, just like anything, if that's your car and you drive it that hard for that long, eventually things are going to start breaking down and you never truly get the break that they should get, get all the way down to when they're little kids. And that's not changing anytime soon. So I just this is something that I think we're just going to live with for a long time. Yep. Ryan, it's actually funny because I coach 10U baseball for my son's team, and that is one of the debates we have with our kids, right, is that, you know, we're – baseball a lot but we still want them to be kids and enjoy other sports and you know do other things but it's certainly a difficult thing when you're on a travel team and you're you're playing and there's all these tournaments but it's it's definitely different it's definitely a a different way of growing up than i think what what all of us on on this uh interview here think right well and like what happens they say well if he doesn't do fall ball then he's gonna fall behind the other kids really is he 10 years old He's 12 yeah. years old. Like, are they going to fall behind it? Maybe he'll be better at infield if he plays soccer because his footwork will be so incredible. Maybe he'll be better at, you know, catcher if he plays basketball too because his ability to spring on his legs will be better. Like, there's tons of people. Fergie Jenkins played for the Harlem Globetrotters, and he only managed to throw 260 innings a year for, you know, 20 years. So there, there's ways about it that I think we sometimes we've gotten so specialized that now, like, we've just trained the body that way, and, the, and, and unfortunately, you know, it happens. But it is what it is, and, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I wish that they would get a little bit more of a break, you know, just, and even in general, even just some of the kids do, like, in pro ball. You know, they go and they, they sign, and then it's to extend in spring training, and then it's instruction leagues after, then it's mini camps, like, in January. There's not much time off, and that time off is so vital. It it allows your muscles to heal, allows your body to heal, allows your mind to heal, and it allows for some really good growth physically, I think, that um, can turn, you know, kind of boys into men. It can physically turn you into a man where you're able to go out there for 162 and stay healthy for 162 like guys used to do all the time. They used to play 162 games, a lot of them pretty regularly, and it just doesn't happen as much anymore. Demp, we appreciate your time. Fantastic stuff. Uh, and it always is with you enjoying your work uh, tremendously in the marquee network, MLB network. Uh, keep up uh, all the best to you and Kelly. I know you have uh, some good news coming really quickly here. So all the best to you and the family. Thanks for taking some time with Mike and I today on inside the clubhouse. Hey, you bet Mike Bruce. My pleasure, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me on.
Have Thanks, a great Ryan. day. Ryan Dempster. Uh, I, I, Mike, you know, he, he had on some things that are really, uh, you know, essential as far as why baseball becomes work for kids, why kids burn out on the game of baseball by the time they're 18, 19 years old, why they have Tommy John surgeries twice before they're 22 or 23. Uh, you know, take some time out, enjoy other sports, you know, you know, do something else. You know, the those game, those those tournament games and the travel teams are two pronged for me, Mike. Number one, create too much tension, too much uh, stress on young kids, and two, mm-hmm. it eliminates the other young kids who are marginally play uh, good players. But all of a sudden, you're not in tournament ball. You 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 are you feel like you're not good enough to play anymore. It turns them away from the game of baseball. All bad news yep. for me. It's it's a, it's a strange thing, Bruce, because I grew up as we just talked about, right? Playing exactly as we described. You'd play baseball in the summer. You'd play, you know, football or soccer in the fall, and you'd play basketball in the winter. And you'd go circle around, and you'd come back to to whatever. And the focus wasn't always uh, as intense, certainly, as what it is now. And and now I see the other end of it. I coach my son's team. We are on travel ball. We actually have our our league tournament this afternoon, starting this afternoon, and uh, it's a lot. It is. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and you yeah. want to have, you want your kids to have fun. You want them to enjoy it, but you also don't want to to put all the pressures on them. It's a it's yeah. a tough path. It, it's become more about the parents and what they want for their kid rather than letting the kid just have a good time, play the game, and, and find his own level. Michael, we got to take another break. When we come back, uh, pretty soon. Uh, Jared Banner, the Chicago Cubs uh, player development guru, will be joining us. Your phone calls, 312-644-6767. This is Inside the Clubhouse and the Score, 670thescore.com. As the MLB trade deadline approaches, both sides of town have some decisions to make. So... Who should stay and who should go? Should I stay or should I go now? With Bruce Levine and David Haw on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. And we are back as you hear the clash. It is time for should he stay or should he go? Bruce, uh, we're going to generally talk about the White Sox. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, hard to believe we have gotten here. But should the Sox be sellers? At the deadline, what do you think? The Seven Brothers truck is pulling up right right now on uh, the south side. Um, I, I I don't know. We didn't name a player here because it's collective right now. Who do the White Sox add to this team to make this run? And more importantly, who is traded away from this team? In other words, is there a guy that can bring back something that the Chicago White Sox need going forward here, other than, uh, you know, someone to help them win. Is there a subtraction to the addition that you want for this team? In other words, is there somebody on this team that we'd be better off playing somewhere else right now? That is the question I have for you, Mike. Yeah, it's a tricky one because, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, they are so all in with this roster. That is the frustrating and um, difficult part here, right? I mean, the White Sox have spent years building to get to this point and then adding in the offseason what you thought were 
you know, the complimentary peaches, your, your Kendall Graverman, your Joe Kelly, who we talked about earlier. They bring back Lance Lynn on an extension. They have, they have the pieces built to win right now. If you start trading pieces or if you think you need, maybe you think you need different pieces. And maybe that's where uh, Rick Hahn's brain goes right now. I don't know. And I, I mean, listen, we know Sox fans are frustrated with how things are being managed. I don't know if a manager changes something that's in the cards. I doubt it, right? I mean, it certainly doesn't seem like that would would be something that would happen, Bruce. But I, I, uh, I'm looking for some on-field impact, Mike. Sure, I'm looking for I'm some on-field you. impact. Do you bring in you bring in Wilson Contreras? You you know that Grandal is still out there rehabbing. He's going to be rehabbing till after the break. Do you count on him coming back 100% to be able to help you? Uh, from the catcher spot, from the DH spot, the left-handed bat that you need. Will he do? Uh, du- will he duplicate what he did last year by having a very slow first half and then uh, basically carrying the offense himself uh, with his powerful left-handed side swing uh, in the second half? Um, you know, again, th- this team needs an infusion of some kind, some type of energy infusion. It might have to come from the outside. You know, does Contreras make sense for the White Sox? I, I would if if I'm the White Sox, I would love to have Wilson Contreras because not only we mentioned all the things he brings to the Cubs locker room and the leadership and the Cubs clubhouse and what he represents for the North Side. If he can replicate that on the South Side, not only is he a great clubhouse guy, not only is he a great player on the field, a great hitter, he can he can DH for you, he can catch for you, but he's also bringing those intangibles and and I think that is something that. Uh, the White Sox can surely use right now. So if I'm the White Sox, I know you don't always see a ton of Cubs Sox trades. We, we see the occasional one, the, you know, uh, Craig Kimbrell last year. We had the uh, Cease and uh, Quintana deal with Aloy Jimenez in there uh, a few years back. But if, I, if I'm Rick Hahn, yeah, that's that's one of my first calls. Well, adding young players was would be what it's all about for the Chicago Cubs. We're going to talk to the guy who runs the player personnel for the minor leagues for the Chicago Cubs, Jared Banner, joining us next on Inside the Clubhouse. He's Mike Esposito. I'm Bruce Levine. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score, 670thescore.com. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. We're glad you're with us here on Inside the Clubhouse. One more segment for us, and uh, we are certainly excited to talk to our next guest, Bruce, who joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Vice President and in charge of the minor leagues for the Chicago Cubs, Jared Banner, nice enough to take some time out on a Saturday morning to join us on Inside the Clubhouse. Jared, good morning. I know it's an exciting time for you with a lot of uh, prospects moving up, a lot of them helping out at the major league level. Must be some good vibes going along in the offices at uh, Clark and Addison. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's a pleasure having you on, Jared. Uh, I wonder, uh, you know, with the ascension of some of these guys that we've watched right now, uh, especially uh, when it comes to uh, some of the young pitchers uh, like Steele and Thompson moving along, What's what's the the feeling like in the organization right now, where uh, you know uh, an organization that struggled for so long to develop pitching is starting to really do 
a good job in that area. Uh, you know, guys like Morrell coming up. I mean, there there has to be some some really good feelings going on with you guys right now. I, I think it's a testament to our development at the minor league level and at the major league level. There's a great staff up in the big leagues that really works to to hone these guys and their, their crafts once they get up there. And there's a, a big staff down under that um, works really hard to get them ready to uh, to get up there initially. And, and like I said, that group up there helps to keep them there. Jared, we know the uh, the planning for a draft is, is year-round and the work never stops, but we're right up against it now with uh, the Cubs picking seventh in next week's draft. How, how do things heat up here in the final week for the organization? Well, I, I can tell you this. No one is more prepared than Dan Kankiewicz and, and his staff and amateur scouting. Um, a lot of people putting in a lot of time all year, and it, it culminates uh, in a big week like this one. And, and obviously our, our goal is to, to draft uh, some impact big leaguers, and I, I think we will. When you look at the ascension of uh, Christopher Morrell, and we see not only the quality of his baseball tools on the field, but the individual himself and the fun nature that he has and the energy he brings. Uh, when, uh, when your front office sits down with you and talks about bringing a kid from double A like Morrell, uh, what are those discussions like? Because uh, that is a leap from double A to the major leagues and then uh, you know, being able to project that for the people you work with, Jared. Yeah, so just, just seeing Morrell, he, he's obviously a player with, with great makeup, and I think that stands out first and foremost. Um, and, and by the way, I want to give Louis L. Howe and his international staff a lot of credit. They, they went down there and uh, found the talent that he has and a lot of coaches that, that put a lot of time and effort into developing him over the year. But, but this year it was just more about there was a need at the major league level. Um, he has great makeup, great versatility. We thought he'd be able to handle the transition. Obviously, normally you'd have a guy spend some time at AAA, but um, we felt like he was an exception and, and he could come up and help immediately, and uh, he's proven us right. Talking with Jared Banner, the Cubs Director of Player Personnel. And, and Jared, uh, you've been around the game your whole life from both a player and now as a as a uh, executive, a front office executive. How, how does that shape how you see this, how, how you – uh, deal with some of the uh, the pressures and some of the things with with the minor league system and with some of these prospects. You you've been there, right? You understand how how all of this works. Well, we always try to take an, an evidence based approach to what we do. Obviously, every person that's involved in the game has their own personal experiences um, that that we reach back on. But um, you know, ultimately, the information we gather, the data we have, we try to let that um, drive our decision making. Um, a lot of we have a lot of really strong personnel in the R&D space, and they uh, they do a lot of a lot of hard work. So um, it, it's a group effort in in many ways, and it's about synergy and collecting all the information we can, and then making good decisions. Speaking of good decisions, um, you know when you guys do bring players from level to level, and it's most fascinating to watch a player you know, ascend from low A to high A to double A uh, to eventually either uh, the major leagues or triple A. Um, when, when you have a guy like Pete Crow Armstrong, who is uh, really seems to be jumping on top of and passing those barriers that young players have to deal with, 
Uh, is it a player by player type evaluation or is there a, an organization philosophy about what has to be accomplished before you move a player up like a Pete Crow Armstrong? It's a combination of both. We definitely have KPIs that we, we pay attention to, um, but every player is different. Uh, we try to look at each individual case and what is it that they need and, and where's the best place for them to uh, accomplish that goal. Uh, where's the best place for them to develop at that specific moment? Um, and sometimes that means being conservative and, and holding the guy back a little bit. And, and sometimes that means being aggressive and, and pushing him forward. Jared Vanner, our guest. Strong, I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. No, we're going to ask more about uh, Armstrong. So, uh, Bruce, uh, we'll cede the floor to you there, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, when, when you look at Armstrong right now, you know, can you tell the Cub fans what they can expect as they watch this guy move up in the minor leagues and, and what some of his strengths are at this particular point in time of his game? Yeah, I think what really makes him, him somewhat special is that he can do everything on the field really well, right? He can he can hit, he can hit for power, he can defend, he can throw, he can run, um, he can impact the game in, in so many ways. He's a really exciting player to watch. He's a great athlete, um, and the Cub fans are going to fall in love with him one day. Jared, uh, as the trade deadline approaches and, uh, you know, the Cubs are active or uh, we'll, we'll see what they end up doing in terms of uh, transactions around the trade deadline, how closely, how, how much back and forth uh, goes on between, you know, Jed Hoyer and yourself and, and the rest of the group uh, in terms of, you know, players that you're actively trying to get players that you don't want to move, et cetera, as the, the, all the pieces of the puzzle fit together? I think with all our decision-making, whether it's at the deadline or in the draft or in spring training, whatever it may be, um, we just try to gather all the information that we can. We have great infrastructures in place to, to gather it. We have really smart people involved in, um, to, to analyze that information. Um, and then we, we come together and think about our, our short-term goals, our long-term goals. Um, and, and then make, make what we consider good, strong decisions. Where are we at uh, with Jordan Wicks, and uh, how is he progressing in the minor leagues? And, uh, you know, there was some thought, uh, mostly media-driven, uh, Jared, that uh, he could be uh, a quick arrival to the major leagues. Uh, we, we all love to uh, talk and, and uh, write about things like that. We, we, you know, sometimes uh, don't understand the process, even a mature kid like Wicks has, uh, of uh, making it to the major leagues. Where is he at right now, and, and how is he uh, moving along in his development stages? He's actually having a great year. He's in high A, uh, 30% strikeout rate, 5% walk rate, so that 6-to-1 ratio is, is pretty good. Um, his ground ball rate's really high, so he, he's doing a lot, of, a lot of really impressive things that we look for. Um, so I, I would expect him to um, to move pretty quickly uh, in the short term here. Last few minutes with Jared Banner, the Cubs director of player personnel. And Jared, uh, a, as you uh, do your work and you, you oversee the minor leagues and you look at different players, how often are you out on the road traveling? I know COVID probably impacted some of that. And, and how much of that is data driven? I know you've you've talked about that. Uh, throughout our interview here that uh, it's data-driven, but how much how much do you and your team get down to the various teams and, and, and check things out? 
A lot, a lot. I've been to uh, several of our affiliates a couple times already this year, but at, at least once to, to each location. And obviously, I'm on the phone with our our staff and our, our players, you know, on a daily basis. So, um, in in player development, kind of have to kind of keep your ear to the ground, stay connected pretty closely, um, because there's, there's always something happening when you have 200 players or so. So. Jared, uh, last one for me, and Mike and I really appreciate your time today. Uh, give us a status on uh, Brendan Davis. We're hearing that, uh, you know, after his back surgery, he's turned the corner a little bit. Uh, do you have a, uh, a timeline on uh, some of his uh, movement going forward here? Yeah, he's progressing um, through baseball activities pretty soon here. So we're hopeful to see him back on the field uh, in August at some point. Um, probably to start, he'll play in some ACL games, and then uh, we'll move him up from there as he gets comfortable and in rhythm. Jared, we appreciate your time very much. Thanks very much, and uh, congratulations on uh, the system, the way the players are moving there. Uh, it looks like uh, a lot of fun time for Cub fans to be able to look at those uh, players and project them toward the major leagues. Thanks again, and have a great day. We appreciate your time. Hey. That's all you guys have for me? I was just getting in my groove, guys. <laughs> well, we, we were, we, we were, we'll have to have you on again soon because uh, I have a lot of questions about Killian and uh, Casey and uh, hers. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of really that's, fine young players that are coming through. That's what I was expecting today. We, sure. Well, I mean, look, I mean, the, the good news is, the good news is, Jared, there's so many good stories to talk about with the young Cub players. So from that perspective, hopefully you'll have time for us again very soon. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jared. Thanks. Have... Bye-bye. But it's funny, Bruce, that's uh, Jared, we, we, Jared we, Banner. We asked the wrong questions. Yeah, we asked <laughs> the wrong questions. That, that's a first for <laughs> me. That's I mean, the it, first, first time I've ever had a guest say, well, you're letting me go. What? I got more to say here. Come on. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, and uh, it, it was a it was a quick ten minutes with him. But uh, again, uh, there are so many you know prospects to talk about with the uh, Chicago Cubs right now that we will have to bring them back. No doubt. Well, and and, and you uh, mentioned Mike, Pete. You mentioned Pete Crow Armstrong, yeah, go, Bruce. I was going to ask him about that. He's because he's the Cubs representative in the Futures game. That's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, people to thank today, including. Jim Callis, the, the draft guru, Ryan Dempster from the Marquee and MLB Networks, and, of course, Jared Banner of the Chicago Cubs, head of uh, player development. Uh, Cesar Perez did a great, great job of producing the show and dealing with a lot of issues. Mike, always fun to do a show with you. We uh, People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine and also uh, at... Uh, 670thescore.com where I write both Cubs and Sox all week long. Mike, uh, guess who's next? Yeah, it's some Saturday suckage coming up next, Bruce, and and, uh, pleasure to be with you as always. We'll actually make it two in a row next week. David will have next Saturday off. I'll be in for him again, and uh, thanks to our guests. Thanks to Caesar, who did some great work there. And right, coming up next, some Saturday suckage for your listening enjoyment. Steve Rosenblum will have you here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.